Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the ETF show hosted by myself, Tom Bailey, II's ETFs editor. So today we're going to be looking at tech investing and the new president of the United States, Joe Biden. For this, we are joined all the way from California by Anthony Ginsberg, the founder of Gins Global Index Funds. So thanks for joining, Anthony. So let's get right to it. I think the biggest market talking point for Biden is the uh, expectation that Biden and the Democrats will see through large stimulus spending, which should be good for the US economy and with its cyclical value stocks. So what do you make of this? Well, we're actually positive on the Biden spending plan. I mean, the US is really suffering right now. We need a surplus spending uh, plan that's sizable. So the $1.9 trillion stimulus plan that he's talking about, the American Rescue Plan, actually has been relatively well received on both sides. I'd say businessmen, including Wall Street and big tech, uh, are frankly in favor of an additional $1,400 being given to to most Americans, uh, increasing the unemployment benefit and raising the minimum wage, and some additional monies for schools and uh, states, and some additional money for COVID testing. So actually, the stimulus plan, I I believe, will actually help set the uh, agenda for Biden going forward. So it's generally seen as a positive uh, there are a lot of small and medium-sized businesses that have really suffered here. The big boys, of course, have, have weathered the storm. But I, th- I believe that uh, it's not unexpected. And, uh, and given the fact that Trump wanted the $2,000 <laughs> a stimulus, uh, but that's what Biden's really doing. The sense is that he's going to govern as a moderate in the interim uh, initially, given that his economic team, led by Janet Yellen, are typically seen as, as more mainstream uh, economists. So there's one view that tech stocks are growth stocks and uh, growth has outperformed due to the broader macroeconomic backdrop. This view usually says that over the last 10 years, the US has seen sluggish economic growth, meaning that investors have paid a premium for growing earnings of tech stocks. So that if we, if we see higher broad economic growth under Biden, perhaps due to the large stimulus spending, will maybe that will be bad for tech stocks? <laughs> well, you know, I, just to step back for a second, if one goes sort of the 10,000 foot view, um, the fact is we're going through a, de- a digital revolution here. And it's quite different to the period when uh, the Democrats were, were last in power. You know, under Obama, they were quite friendly towards um, big tech. I know we'll get to it a bit later. I mean, the truth is that Biden, uh, some of his policies uh, are not going to be dramatically different from the Republicans in terms of of China and some of these other areas uh, where there's bipartisan support. And there is trust broken, actually, when it comes to some of the, the tech areas. So so he's, he's going to definitely be tougher in certain areas. But our, our view is, is that the, the digital revolution has basically been fast-tracked by COVID-19. And obviously, uh, if we just look at our own tech megatrend uh, ETF, you've got things like social media and genomics and cybersecurity all up dramatically in their usage. Uh, we don't see that uh, going back. Uh, and in fact, uh, it's, it's fast-tracked the, the revolution way beyond the expectations of most analysts. We don't think we're going to go back to a pre-work-from-home uh, environment. And that's why we remain very positive that uh, technology, even though, yes, there are definitely some holdings that have run way too hard and too fast, and we can, we can touch on that. Uh, ultimately, well, we don't see the the growth side of things being negatively affected. There's been a huge uh, uptick in uh, and basically an embracing of technology as, as a savior, really, uh, during this lockdown period. So um, there is goodwill toward the likes of Zoom and, and many other uh, 
tech firms, particularly the smaller guys, you know, obviously big tech we can touch on. The, the, the view here is, is that beyond the fangs and big tech, there are a number of, of exciting players and leaders that are coming through across the board from cybersecurity to cloud to social media as well. Another risk sometimes cited is is the idea of, say, uh, interest rate rises. So tech valuations are said to be very sensitive to interest rate changes. Uh, and therefore, if inflation does pick up under Biden, perhaps due to this fiscal spending we've just spoken about, do you see rising interest rates as a, as a risk to tech or, or perhaps there will still be low inflation or no inflation? Or the Fed won't even raise rates, even if they do see inflation? Well, the Fed chair, Pal keeps downplaying it. I think Yellen's also downplaying the fact that they, it's not even on their radar screen for the next year to maybe a year and a half to really look at possibly raising rates. So I think most folks here feel that there's just such a wash of people on the unemployment lines. And unlike Europe, you know, there really isn't much of a safety net for the poor folks here, whether they're running hair salons or restaurants or hotels that have all been shut down. So the sense here is that we don't really see, according to the Fed anyway, any real threat of inflation for at least 12 to 18 months out. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's a fair point. Typically, um, rate rises, we've seen actually affecting other sectors more than tech. Uh, what's really happened uh, is that there's been a massive shift in, in IT budgets away from hardware towards more cloud and remote-based uh, software. We don't see that, that stopping. So obviously, in, in our area of, of the, the digital revolution areas such as, as cloud, uh, cyber, etc., we see that still driving at a pace uh, forward and the drop off actually in tech will be most likely the hardware side and the on-site premises side uh, as disaster recovery and and cyber etc move uh, increasingly to uh, multi-cloud hybrid cloud and, and other platforms that really allow people to scale up remotely so we're not as threatened by uh, the interest rate cycle at the moment one of the key themes of the Trump presidency, obviously, was the uh, trade war with China. I was wondering if you could walk us through how this affected tech stocks over the, over the past four years, if at all. Well, in two minutes, the, the answer is that there's a lot more scrutiny being placed both on Silicon Valley. There's a lack of trust in some of the big tech firms. And I, we do see Biden also not going easy on China. Uh, the likes of Huawei uh, may have breathed a sigh of relief that, that Trump lost the election. But it's not to say that uh, all of a sudden Congress is going to roll over. There's actually bipartisan support, both amongst Republicans and Democrats, to continue to, to be pretty tough on uh, tech espionage that they view coming out of China and some of the security threats that they find from 5G and, and Huawei in particular. So um, it looks like for the, the foreseeable future, there will be a splintering of the Internet between uh, you know, a Chinese internet and, and the West, the likelihood of uh, Biden going it alone with China is remote. So we see him actually increasingly wanting to collaborate with the EU and with the folks in Brussels and, and allies in Europe. So it's most likely that Biden will embrace uh, the diplomatic channels increasingly and have more uh, support across other nations before he just goes off to China. I don't think we're going to... Have the situation where you wake up on the weekend and find a particular company banned. It will be much more of a process-driven, strategic view um, rather than targeting just individual companies. So we do see it being more policy-driven and, again, bringing in allies in the process, uh, not just the EU, but probably uh, the likes of Australia and some other uh, Asian players as well.
back specifically to American tech stocks. So uh, we mentioned it already, but the, a big risk banded about is the idea of increased government regulation and, and perhaps antitrust, anti-monopoly measures breaking up some companies even. Could you walk us through what this threat is and, and, and where and where you think the Biden administration is with this? Yeah, well, I can, the truth is that the Republicans were, were much more upset with the social media groups that they viewed the social media pumping out a lot more fake news and being quite biased against Trump and and actually even prior to Trump being silenced with the latest uh, Capitol Hill invasion, uh, many of his allies uh, had been, uh, there was something like a five to one ratio of, of Republicans over Democrats being silenced by some of the big tech um, social media groups. So the view really is, is that Biden more likely than not will continue to put pressure on the likes of Facebook and Google and the antitrust lawsuits against both are most likely to continue. Uh, there's some sense amongst friends of mine in Silicon Valley that there will be a few more friendly faces from uh, Silicon Valley in the administration and that business will be handled a lot more civilly by the mainstream lobbyists and, and big tech firms having a voice in the White House. Up until now, the last three and a half, four years, big tech really had a very little say-so in the uh, the White House executive, it was all uh, outside folks who had come in with Trump. There was very little Silicon Valley representation there. So um, although they can't breathe a complete sigh of relief that Biden won and will pull out the, uh, from the antitrust uh, litigation, uh, more likely than not, there will be a moderate uh, view on, on pros- proceeding with those lawsuits. More often, uh, the discussion here is about Section 230, 230 of the Communications Act which at this point still gives immunity essentially to the uh, publication online of any materials. And it's allowed a lot of the uh, social media groups, uh, including Facebook, to publish all kinds of uh, nefarious material from left-wing groups, right-wing groups. So there's a a test here really whether Biden will actually try and pull the plug on, on the Section 230. And that may be a way of actually reining in these tech giants rather than trying over the next four or five years to do a, a full-blown breakup. A breakup of antitrust proportions, you may recall, failed with Microsoft famously almost 20 years ago. So it, it hasn't worked in, in the big tech space. I think the chances are still in the minority that it, you'll see a full-scale breakup of a Google or a Facebook um, under Biden. It, it's probably unlikely. They may be forced to um, rejig uh, one or two of their acquisitions, and more likely than not, they'll be limited in what large M&A activity they're able to uh, activate. So the view here is, is that the, the mid-caps, the smaller cap firms are going to be a lot freer to to merge and to grow, and, and the big tech guys are going to really be under the, uh, the scrutiny uh, of Congress. That's interesting. Um, is there anything else on, on Biden or the Democrats' agenda that tech investors should be paying close attention to? Yes, I think, but well, the view is that Biden believes that the self-regulation that they've had all these years has failed. So the Democrats are known for wanting to regulate capitalism and, and, and rogue capitalism a lot more so than uh, the Republicans. So it wouldn't be surprising to see them rein some of these big tech firms in, not so much on the antitrust issue, but really going after Section 230 that I mentioned and some other areas where you know, they're limited in how many big acquisitions, for example, that they can make. Uh, there's certainly, there's a discussion here that, that trust has been broken. Um, you know, 
Zuckerberg at Facebook is seen as a bit of a, a Darth Vader a character, quite frankly. Um, and uh, the, the, the backlash against big tech is actually bipartisan. So I think uh, Biden could get support from both sides of the aisle of the House and actually get the uh, legislation passed to increase scrutiny uh, on Silicon Valley and to have some sort of rules in place that they just can't ban whoever they want to. There's got to be some sort of procedure in place because even if one doesn't like Trump, the, the idea that they could just wake up uh, every other day and, and ban people from their uh, platforms now is um, creating an issue of freedom of speech, which is, is, is a huge issue and a very sensitive topic here in the States. That's the First Amendment right. As I'm sure you saw in 2020, we saw the market share of a, a big handful of tech companies like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft come to dominate something like a quarter of, of the S&P 500. For, for many, this kind of showed the risk of market cap weighted indices and ETFs following a, a long and large sustained market rally. So one of the ETFs you run is the Hangin's Tech Megatrend Equal Weight ETF. And as the name suggests, it's equal weighted. Could you explain what an equal weighted ETF is and, and what the benefits of this method are? Yes, thanks, Tom. Um, equal weighting essentially is that we've got eight sub-themes and they're each weighted roughly 15% in the uh, portfolio. So we have gene editing and cybersecurity, social media, future costs, you know, cloud computing, AI and robotics. And they've, they've each got an equal weighting. Uh, there are 15 holdings in each of these sub-themes. So unlike uh, the NASDAQ currently, which is, as you say, very overweight with the likes of the FANGs, actually the NASDAQ has six companies representing about 50% of the overall NASDAQ. So it's very, very sensitive to just those five or six fangs in particular. Uh, by equal weighting, essentially, we have just about a, just under a 1% weighting per each of our 104 holdings in uh, tech megatrends, which actually performed remarkably well last year. Even though it's very broad, uh, it did 60% gains. And we're not taking a particular bet on any one of these sub-themes from robotics to, to blockchain to digital you know, entertainment and social media and whatnot. We've actually equally weighted them. And yes, some years, uh, something like digital entertainment may run. Uh, last year, it was one of the best performers, did over 100%. And then cyber last year only did about 58% in our portfolio. Uh, Future cars did 70 or 72%. So, so you win some, you lose some, but it's a lot more conservative and it's more diversified. And uh, again, we're not trying to bet the house on a particular sub-theme, but it's, it's really a long-term play on the, the fourth industrial revolution and a way of actually reducing the, the FANG's uh, risk exposure. So yes, we have uh, uh, the Facebooks and Netflixes and, and, and Googles in here, but they're basically all just under 1%. So everything's equally weighted and uh, it gives the, the smaller firms... Um, a lot more exposure, quite frankly, and we're not as dependent on the good graces of Biden or the Congress uh, when it comes to what happens to the fangs. Ultimately, we actually believe they've run pretty hard already in their gains in 2020, and 21, in our view, will be the time for the mid caps and some of the smaller cap tech firms to really uh, shine uh, their presence. Yeah, I think it's quite an attractive ETF uh, structure to have right now. So finally, are there any tech stocks in particular uh, you're bullish or bearish about for the Biden era? Yes, well, I'm happy to be controversial and tell you that uh, we actually think Tesla is undervalued because if you live in California where I do, you can't go around a, a street corner uh, without knocking into a, a Tesla. 
but more importantly, they are really revolutionizing not just how cars are manufactured. For example, typically a car has 700 components uh, in the frame, that they only have two components when they put it together. They've uh, already created a, a robot on wheels. We used to think robots would look yeah, a little bit human. Uh, actually, the, the, the first major robots uh, that we're all interacting with are cars, in fact, because of uh, electric vehicles, you, you really need good IT, and they're producing all their own internal IT, unlike uh, Daimler Chrysler or, or many of the other uh, big car makers who actually have to outsource uh, to third parties their IT. Uh, Elon Musk is using cloud computing and AI and machine learning already um, inside the Tesla, and obviously it's reached an inflection point with many other big players coming along. So that's one of the companies. Uh, on the cloud side and cybersecurity, those areas are actually merging as remote work from home is increasingly taking off. So a firm like CrowdStrike that does both cloud platform work and uh, cybersecurity in the cloud uh, is exciting to us. We like those. And another one that's also done very well in digital entertainment is Evolution Gaming. It's not as well known. And... Uh, a foreign firm called Billy Billy, which is also another um, a Chinese player in the digital entertainment space. So, uh, and lastly, on social media, I would say we can't ignore what's going on in, in Asia and China in particular. So Baidu over there um, uh, continues to perform very, very well, and we remain pretty upbeat on on their prospects. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you having me on. And thanks for listening, everyone.